Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, I've got a variety of stories to jump into here, so I'm just going to get right into it. This first one comes from the College Fix, and this was from a couple of days ago. And what's funny about this, and I really do think it's funny, is it just continues to show a lack of individual thought, even on the part of, of K-12 students and college students. Uh, to, to just think for themselves as individuals and stop doing every single thing that their coaches say they should do or that their governments say that they should do. And again, this is, <laughs> this is the consequence of what the Keene, New Hampshire track coach was warning people about. And again, just because you're hearing about this through the college fix doesn't mean this is the first time that it's happened. I assure you it's not the first time it's happened, and it won't be the last. You would think it would be the last after people hearing about it, but it won't be. So it's titled, Oregon Track Coach Blasts Mask Rule After Runner Collapses from Complete Oxygen Debt. This comes from Dave Huber, Associate Editor. It says, quote, on Wednesday, a face-masked high school distance runner in Oregon collapsed unconscious on the track a few meters from the finish line due to what her coach deemed complete oxygen debt. According to the bulletin, despite Summit High School 800-meter star Maggie Williams' fall below, and they have a picture of it, her basically just face-planting, um, she slid across the finish line, recording a blazing time of two minutes and eight seconds, a school record. Oh, hip, hip, hooray. Good for her. Give me a break. Maggie suffered a burn to her face along with scraped elbows and knees. Quote, I was pushing so hard and everything went blurry and I just fell, she said. After the race, coach Dave Turnbull took issue with the state's rules, which require face masks even on competing distance runners outdoors. I'm concerned with the mask rule, Turnbull said. <laughs> you think? You think, you moron? Good lord. This is what I'm worried about, and I said this at the beginning of the season. You get a kid running in 800 meters with a mask on, it's actually dangerous. They don't get the oxygen they need. This rule needs to change. And yet, coach, you continue to push that rule, don't you? You continue to have these students do it, and these students are dumb enough to actually do it. I gotta tell you what, it's just obedience to authority. Stanley Milgram is just rolling in his grave right now. He's rolling in his grave. It, it just baffles the mind that these people just continue to do this. What next? Are they going to tape cinder blocks to their feet and then ask them to go swimming? Is that next? All right, everybody, get into the ocean. Um, we're going to tie this uh, belt full of bricks around your waist. Uh, trust us, it's state-mandated, and, you know, it's, uh, it's for health reasons. When do, when, when do people wake up? I mean, when do they just wake up? Absolutely ridiculous. This rule needs to change. How about you just not do it? How about that? And, oh, by the way, if they fire you as being a coach, so what? Look at all of your players and say, stop wearing the mask and quit the team. Just quit the team because wearing the mask is stupid. But nope, they just keep doing it. It says, quote, unfortunately in Oregon, we have to follow OHA. No, you don't. Just don't play. You don't have to follow any rule. Just don't play. 
and the OHA is not reasonable. No kidding. I would like those people to come out and run an 800 with a mask on. They won't because they're not stupid. They're just doing it to see if you'll do it, and you're doing it. The Oregonian sports writer John Canzano, who calls the mask rule a ridiculous mandate, notes Oregon is the only state in the union with such a requirement. Well, that's not true. Apparently, there are New Hampshire school districts locally that are doing it. Uh, in a Friday column, he, quote, he quotes a veteran Oregon track coach as saying the rule is absolute craziness. Quote, we are going to wait until something catastrophic, are we going to wait until something catastrophic happens, the coach asked, so irresponsible by the authorities. It's also irresponsible, I might add, by the coach themselves for allowing all of this to happen and for encouraging their students to follow these ridiculous rules. Again, quit the game. Quit the game. Coach Turnbull told Canzano, uh, He's never seen anything transpire like what happened to Williams. Quote, I've been doing this for 31 years. I've never seen anybody basically lose consciousness. No kidding, because for 31 years, you've never had track stars or track athletes wearing masks and balling up a, a, a ball of socks in their mouth while their nose is closed and expecting them to breathe properly. I, I'm not even going to read the rest of it. These, All these people are stupid. I don't have an explanation for it. Uh, they're just all dumb. So there's that. A couple other things here. There's a new MIT study out that says social distancing is garbage. No kidding. Can't believe they needed a study to uh, measure common sense, but apparently they did. Here's another one, which again continues to prove that the Marxist ideology has made its way into the sporting events of all kinds and in all places. This comes from the Gateway Pundit. Uh, former Virginia Tech women's soccer player sues women's soccer player sues coach after she was forced off college soccer team for refusing to kneel. So there you go. Kirsten Henning is her name, the soccer player. A former Virginia Tech soccer player is suing her former coach after she was forced off the team for refusing to kneel in the pregame SJW BLM demonstration last September. Kirsten Henning, 21, claimed in the lawsuit that she was benched and berated for her political views and forced off the team because she didn't want to take a knee for BLM Marxists. This is a lawsuit, ladies and gentlemen. It's discrimination. You can't discriminate against people like this. But again, stop playing the game. Just stop playing the game. If the sport or the coach is doing this to you and you disagree, quit the team. Scholarship or not, go to school somewhere else where you're not having to subject yourself to this nonsense. The people falling for this peer pressure, again, continues to just baffle me. The number of people that are just falling for it blindly, it's absolutely nuts. Here's another story. This comes from PJ Media. Uh, also from a few days ago, and I find this laughable as well, but it's titled The End of Basic Education, Biden Issues Public School Critical Race Theory Order. See, he can't do that, which means there are people around him who know that this is illegal and that you can't do that. At the federal government, you cannot mandate curriculum like this 
which as we all know, for those that listen to this podcast, is ridiculous. It's made up. It's pretend. I've used all of those words. That's exactly what this is. But only a dictator would do such a thing. Again, it uh, it's getting to the point where if you're associated with districts that are doing this and you're associated with schools that are doing this, then you need to find alternatives 100%. And shame on the teachers that are actually pushing this because they themselves are outing themselves as, again, not knowing the difference between right and wrong. If you have teachers that don't know the difference between right and wrong, and teachers who are illiterate and don't read and don't investigate what these, you know, what the foundational premise of this critical race stuff really is, which is essentially designed to hate white people, then those individuals have no business being teachers, 100%. They have no business being educators. Again, here's another one. More Marxism right in everybody's face. Uh, but this comes from Bongino.com by John Hawkins, and it's titled Biden Sued by Christian College Over Executive Order That Puts Biological Men in Female Dorms and Showers. See, now this is an example of a school that says, no, we're not doing that. That's ridiculous. And they're fighting back, and that's great. That's what they should be doing. So here's what it says, quote, President Joe Biden is being sued by the College of the Ozarks. The Christian College out of Point Lookout, Missouri, is suing Biden because of his, quote, preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation, unquote, executive order. That order reinterprets the Fair Housing Act and would require the college to allow men to live with and shower with female students in a press release the college said, quote, the government cannot and should not force schools to open girls' dorms to males based on its politically motivated and inappropriate redefinition of sex, said ADF Senior Counsel Julie Marie Blake. Women shouldn't be forced to share private spaces, including showers and dorms, with males, and religious schools shouldn't be punished simply because of their beliefs about marriage and biological sex. Government overreach by the Biden administration continues to victimize women, girls, and the people of faith by gutting their legal protections, and it must be stopped. College of the Ozarks holds to the Christian belief that biological sex is not changeable, and it operates its dorms accordingly. The college's sincerely held religious beliefs influence their policies, including dormitory policies, which prohibit male students from living in female residence halls and vice versa. See, this is common sense. Good for them. This is common sense. But only in an upside-down Marxist clown world would common sense be viewed as being wrong. Uh, the article continues, quote, Of course, 15 years ago, this would have been the opinion of nearly everyone across every religion and on all sides of the political spectrum. No kidding. Just said that. In fact... It's probably still the opinion of the majority of Americans. Many of us would disagree that there is a right to privacy in the Constitution, but if that's going to be used to justify Roe v. Wade, it should certainly justify women not being forced to share bathrooms with men. Let's hope the College of the Ozarks win this, wins this suit. It might help other Christians and conservatives find the courage to speak up about this issue. Yeah, they're... Uh, 
again, dictators are signing executive orders forcing this on people where people are clearly going to be hurt. It does not take a brain surgeon to figure that out. That's exactly what's happening. It's exactly what's happening. Now, there's one last thing I wanted to discuss here. This is a quick episode for the most part, but the I, I came across an excellent video with Dr. Uh, Sherry Tenpenny, and there were approximately, I want to say, maybe five other doctors in on this video, and I'm going to link the video below in the description, and I highly recommend that you give it a watch because it really does describe the harmful nature of these experimental shots that, again, it's only 18% of the population is taking them, thank God, but it's describing now what, what, what is currently being studied, which has to do with the long, more long-term effects um, of, of the shots. And they go into detail specifically with the business of um, bleeding among females and their reproductive organs and their menstrual cycles and what have you. And what they, what they discuss too and again, it's something that's continuing to be looked at, and it's something, unfortunately, that's going to be tracked over the next number of years. But it's it has to do with the individuals who have received the experimental jab, and then at the same time, those individuals who have received it are coming in contact with those who have not. And then those who have not are getting sick because the people who have received them are making the un- shot individuals sick. I'm not entirely sure yet how that all breaks down, if it has something to do with the metals that are inside of these experimental jabs and how those metals are moving around uh, the individual who has taken it and how that impacts the person who has not, given the fact that we live in a, um, you know, that earth in general, is electromagnetism, and there's electromagnetism everywhere in the air, hence wireless internet and a lot of other fantastic technologies that we have. But um, the impact that this is going to have, again, on even children and teachers in close quarters, in close settings, if it ends up being true, is going to be detrimental to say the least. So it's over an hour long. It's worth it. I promise you it's worth it. So Set aside an hour. Uh, make sure that you watch that video. Uh, you know, give it a give it a hard watch and a hard listen. But in the meantime, I, I do want to play this quick little audio, and this is from a different video. It's about four or five minutes long, uh, and it's from Canada, from a board of health meeting, where the individual who is testifying is basically just rocking through facts, one fact after another. It's a great great little video here. Um, just very direct and to the point. I'm going to play that audio right now, and then I'll catch you on the other side on Wednesday. Are you aware that from 2004 to 2014, zero people in the U.S. died from contracting measles, according to the CDC? During the same time, 108 people died from the MMR vaccine, according to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Are you aware that a 2011 study conducted by the Ottawa Hospital Research Institute found that one in 168 babies had emergency room visits within four to 12 days after their 12-month MMR vaccination and that several children died during the study? The number of deaths was not disclosed. One in 168 is a lot higher than the one in a million vaccine injury risk that parents are told about, isn't it? 
Are you aware the CDC holds 50 patents on vaccines and sells $5 billion a year worth of vaccines? Are you aware that Merck's package insert on the MMR vaccine lists death as only one of dozens of possible side effects? Have any of you read a vaccine insert? Are you aware that the U.S. Congress has ruled vaccines are unavoidably unsafe? Are you aware that vaccine safety studies are almost always conducted by the vaccine manufacturers and that none of the vaccines on the childhood schedule were tested against a true inert placebo? They were tested against an older vaccine or an adjuvant such as aluminum. Are you aware that pharmaceutical drugs under the FDA are safety tested for an average of 4.5 years prior to licensing? Vaccines are tested on average for 4.5 days prior to licensing. 4.5 days versus 4.5 years. Are you aware that a Harvard Pilgrim Hospital study funded by Health and Human Services in the U.S. revealed that less than 1% of vaccine injuries are reported? This means that more than 99% of vaccine adverse reactions are not reported or acknowledged. Are you aware that the U.S. Vaccine Injury Compensation Program has paid out more than $4 billion due to vaccine injury and death? Are you aware that Canada is the only G7 nation without a vaccine injury compensation program? The CDC uses Institute of Medicine reports to support their claim that vaccines do not cause autism. IOM's 2011 report on autism concludes, quote, the evidence is inadequate to accept or reject a causal relationship between diphtheria toxoid, tetanus toxoid, and acellular pertussis-containing vaccines and autism, end quote. Institute of Medicine's 2011 safety report reviewed varicella, tetanus, hepatitis B, and MMR vaccines. 155 health conditions were studied. In 134 cases out of 155, the literature was inadequate to accept or reject causation. Does this sound like the science has settled to you? If you are not aware of these facts, then you have no business imposing this poorly tested medical procedure on Ontario's children. And if you are aware, then you are participating in medical and scientific fraud. The vast majority of parents of vaccine-injured or killed children now know the truth. They know the science is inadequate to support claims that vaccines are safe. See paragraph above. You will not silence these parents through censorship, shaming, mandates, and manipulation. Until Health Canada authorizes an independent long-term study of vaccinated versus unvaccinated, you are wasting everyone's time. No amount of pressure from Health Canada, Public Health, the Toronto Board of Health, or the corporate control media will ever convince us otherwise. Our trust has been broken. In a 2018 Globe and Mail opinion piece, Neil Rao and Richard Shabas said this, The borderline hysteria fueled by the media and public health that greets a few cases of measles is unwarranted. Mr. Rao is a respected immunologist on the staff of the University of Toronto. Dr. Shabas recently held the post of Chief Medical Officer of Health for Ontario. Perhaps you should listen to one of your own. Congress was blackmailed into drafting the NCVIA in 1986. Does everyone know what that is? Uh, just in case. National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. Vaccine manufacturers were losing multiple big money lawsuits surrounding injury and death of their products. They demanded Congress pass a law to give them legal immunity. In doing so, Congress said you must do safety studies annually and you must report to Congress every two years. In a 2018 lawsuit, it was proven that HHS did neither of those things. No studies and no reports to Congress for 30 years. Your science has settled one-size-fits-all agenda intended to lead all citizens down the path of compulsory vaccination is in direct violation of the Ontario Health Care Consent Act the Universal Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights, 
the Nuremberg Code and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in the Canadian Constitution, as supported by a Health Canada statement. This is Canada. It is not Salem, Massachusetts, 1692. It is not Berlin, 1939. This will not stand. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.